0: Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. This is what the Word says this morning. It says, "...I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed." "...for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage and decay, and brought into the freedom and the glory... Of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Tell your neighbor, wait patiently. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Tell your neighbor, God's for us. Now, oh, Come on, preach with me this morning. God's for us. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Tell your neighbor this morning, I'm loved. (laughs) For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from His love. Amen? Nothing can separate me from His love. I'm going to preach a short sermon this morning. Austin? Your to-do list just got longer this week. It just happened. No, just kidding. I want to preach a short message to you this morning, and I just want to share with you what's on my heart for us today. I believe the Holy Spirit's ministered to us in this place, and I don't want to add anything to what God has already said, but I do believe that there are some here this morning that this word is for. And so I'm going to share with you briefly from Romans chapter 8. You preach with me, girl. You go right on. Don't you worry about it. Don't let mom and dad feel bad about it. You just, pre- Ember, Ember's preaching with me this morning. So, Romans chapter 8, one of the most incredible things about this. This is, this is one of my favorite chapters from the New Testament. It's an incredible one. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, kicks us off with, There is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Love it. That is something that every believer in this room needs to know. Condemnation has been broken off of our lives because Jesus is King. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and He took our guilt and our shame. He paid the price for our life, and because of that, all condemnation has been taken off of us because He bore it on the cross, and He overcame it when He rose from the dead. Amen? So Romans chapter 8 is packed with so many powerful truths, the revelation that we are sons of God, that we are daughters, that we are children of God, that we belong to the family of heaven. But I want to focus primarily this morning on this last part of Romans chapter Chapter 8. And I want to share with you this message entitled, From Groaning to Glory. From Groaning to Glory. How many of you have ever groaned before? <laughs> if you're not sure if you've groaned before, let me define it for you. Groaning is to utter a deep moan in, indicative of pain, grief, or some other source of frustration. Or irritation. What happens in our life in the moments that we find ourselves growing, groaning is when we find ourselves in a place where it's more like this. <sighs> Some of you did it when I said I was preaching a short sermon this morning. I didn't hear you, but the Holy Spirit did. <laughs> groaning. We find ourselves in those places, in those moments of groaning. When the, when the laundry baskets magically fill themselves back up. When the dishes that were just done yesterday have filled the sink again. When you have emptied the dishwasher for the 15th time. I told Rihanna, I said, I don't know how two people have this many dishes. I'm not sure how it happens. We do it. We can make it happen, right? In an instant, in a second. We can. We, 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 we find ourselves at, at different situations and circumstances of our lives groaning. Some of those things are are minimal and trivial in comparison to some of those things that weigh heavy on our hearts and that impact our lives in a serious way. But I want you to know this morning that for us as believers, for every person who said yes to the love of God and is walking in a relationship with Jesus, our groaning and that frustration, that heaviness, that weight that we feel is the weight that all of creation feels because we are longing for the day, eagerly awaiting and expecting the day when Jesus will. Come and forever redeem and fulfill what His Word and what His promises are. See, today may be a day where there's some groaning. Today may be a day where there's some heaviness. Today may be a day where there's some weariness. There may be some serious trials and seasons of difficulties and setback. But I'm thankful today that the groaning that I may have today is making way for the glory of God that is to come in the fulfillment of what His Word and what His promises is. This groaning that I have, this heaviness that I feel, these sighs of frustration of disappointment and discouragement that I feel are giving way to a glory that cannot even begin to compare to the difficulties to the setbacks to the trials and the struggles that I face so when I let out that sigh of frustration when I let out that sigh of pain when I let out that sigh and that weariness and that groan of of the heaviness that I feel it's in that moment as a believer that I'm reminded that all of this is only for a season. It's only for a moment because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is coming to fulfill His word and His promise and every trial that i faced and every difficulty that I've been through and every setback that I've journeyed through has only further positioned me for the fulfillment of His will, of His plan and of His promises and in every single one of those moments where the enemy's done everything that he can to steal, kill and destroy God has positioned me for such a time as this to see His glory come, to see His kingdom come, to watch as the lost are saved and the sick are healed and the bound are set free, to watch this groaning that I'm in go to the glorious revelation of who He is as the Savior of the world. This season, this moment, this trial, this difficulty that I find myself in is a moment where God is moving us from this place of groaning to glory. In verse number eighteen, he says, "I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us." We see this again and again in the New Testament. This present suffering, my present pain, my present difficulty, my present my present trial that I find myself in it does not minimize the fact that it is a trial that. It is a suffering or that it is pain. It's that in the recognition of those, I realize that there is a greater glory that far outweighs it all. I have hope today in Jesus. I have peace today in Jesus. I have a reason to lift my voice in worship and sing and praise and give God glory. Why? Because I know that I'm moving from groaning to glory. That I'm moving from the weariness and the heaviness of what I am experiencing or what I'm going through to the glorious revelation and the truth of who God is, of what He's established, of what He's purposed, of what He's promised for us as His children. So how do I go from groaning to glory? How do I experience how do I experience the glorious revelation, the victory, the breakthrough, the transformation of what God has established? Tell your neighbor you got to live you got to live. John 10.10 10 tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that we may have life and life more abundantly. God has called us to live an abundant life. Sure, it will be full of difficulties, of setbacks, of trials, of, of, of overwhelming and impossible circumstances, but in every single one of those, we continue to worship, we continue to praise, we continue to believe, we continue to pray, we continue to seek. Why? Because we know that our present sufferings aren't worth comparing to the glory of what is to be revealed because in every situation, in every season, in every difficulty, in every setback, I know that I'm not alone. He is with me. Tell your neighbor He's with you. God is with us right here, right now, in the present situation that you find yourself in, in the present circumstance you find yourself in. He is with us. When we look at the present situation and circumstances of our lives and we realize what it is that God is doing, it's what brings a shift and a change to our lives. So how do I go from groaning to glory? Number one, consider our present sufferings aren't worth comparing. Tell your neighbor, stop comparing. One of the biggest things that the enemy will do is get us to use comparison to rob us of the blessings that God has given us and of the season that God has positioned us to handle the circumstances and the unexpected that we face in our life. The enemy will take every instant and every moment that he possibly can, our own natural flesh and own reaction, will begin to focus on the negative, on the difficulties, on the setbacks, on what we don't have compared to what others do have. What we don't have compared to where others are at their present state in their life, to what we what we have lacked or what we have lost or what we have gone through compared to friends I'm here to tell you today there is no comparison like the revelation and the truth of this that we were once lost and are now saved that because of Jesus death on the cross because of what he's accomplished for us we have gone from the old and we have stepped into the new that in every situation in in season of difficulty and setback that instead of bearing that burden alone instead of carrying that heaviness alone instead of carrying that grief alone instead of going through those trials and those and those tribulations on our own. We have one who has come, who has sent his Holy Spirit to guide us into the truth and the revelation of all things, to expose the lies of the enemy, to expose the pitfalls of the enemy, to see what is truth and what is false, to see what is from God and what is not from God, to be positioned in every situation and circumstance for the truth of who he is and the revelation of what his word says. Verse number Nineteen says, For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. There is a day that is coming where God will redeem us in full glory into the new bodies that He has established as He establishes the new heavens and the new earth, where God fulfills what He said He would do from the very beginning to the very end of His Word, again and again. So how do I go from groaning to glory? How in this present moment, as I'm eagerly awaiting the fulfillment of God's plan, of God's promises, of God's words in my life, secondly, I have to wait patiently. (laughs) Wait patiently, full of hope, and with prayer. Wait patiently full of hope, and with prayer. Tell your neighbor, wait patiently. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to preach on patience again Wednesday night, and here I am. <laughs> oh. Wait patiently. Patience is not something that is natural to our human <laughs> DNA. We struggle with waiting patiently. But the Word talks again and again and again and again about the importance of what happens when we wait patiently. You know, I, I think about waiting, and I think so many times in moments where we find ourselves in waiting that we find ourselves in awkward moments of life. You ever find yourself in that, in that place of, of when you're waiting on God or you're waiting for something to happen, that you find yourself in that? It, it's kind of like you're in a waiting room with a bunch of people, and it's taken a really, really, really long time. <laughs> Before you know it, you feel like your' family with all the people that are in that room. Right? Because you've spent so much time waiting, whether what, wherever it is or wherever you find yourself or whatever you're waiting on. And, and I think so much of that is the same in, in our lives. In our, in our everyday lives as, as believers, there's so many times in those moments and those seasons of our life where we're waiting on God, where we're waiting in prayer, when we're waiting in faith, when we're waiting in hope. And it's easy in those moments for there to be that awkwardness. It's easy in those moments for there to be that that, that opportunity for weariness and even for hopelessness and discouragement to set in because we become uh, we become tempted by the enemy to, to, to think that God is not concerned, that God is not interested, that God is not doing what we think he should, that God is not responding in the time frame or in the manner in which we ultimately believe that he should but something happens in our life as believers when we wait patiently when we realize that waiting patiently is waiting with a purpose that waiting patiently is waiting with intention I'm not I'm not just waiting here uh, to wait I'm waiting here because I know what happens when I wait I'm waiting here with hope because I know that when Jesus begins to move when God begins to work when God begins to fulfill his plan and his promise and his purpose, when God begins to do it, there is absolutely nothing that anyone in or out of this world can, can do to stop it. When God begins to move, when God begins to work, and when I begin to wait on God and my hope becomes fixed on God and my hope becomes fixed on what he said, there's this refreshing that comes, this release from the pressure and the burden and the weariness of trying to make it all happen in my life, of trying to see the answers or the solutions come to pass in my life because I've positioned myself to walk in the freedom and to walk in the peace and to walk in the hope of knowing that God's timing is perfect and that even in the waiting, miracles happen. That even in the waiting, heaven is moving. That even in the waiting, that God is working behind the scenes, fulfilling his word, his plans, and his promises. I'm waiting patiently, full of hope through prayer and trust in what God has said and what his word and what his plans and what his promises are for my life. I'm waiting patiently. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Joe's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And I love what Galatians chapter 6 verse number 9 says. I shared this Wednesday night. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Waiting patiently full of hope. Through prayer. I'm praying in faith. I'm praying, believing. I love what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses uh, verses 16 through 18 uh, says and, and what it reminds us of. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love the way the King James Version says it. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> if we need prayer now more than ever, it is this time, it is this season, it is this hour in our lives. Church, God has called us to be a praying people. God has called us to be a praying people. There is something powerful that happens when we as the children of God, when we as sons and daughters of God begin to pray. There is something powerful that that, that happens when we begin to lift up our voice and we begin to cry out to the Lord. When we begin to declare God's word. When we begin to declare what God is saying and what God has spoken. It's what Romans chapter 8 is talking about in this moment And, and knowing and the understanding of what it says in verse 24. For in this hope we are saved, but this hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we hope for what we do not yet have. We wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. When we begin to pray, the strongholds of the enemy begin to fall, the lies of the enemy begin to cease, the curses of the enemy are broken. It's in those moments that we go from groaning to glory because it's in those times of prayer. It's in those times of fasting. It's in those times of worship. It's in those times of seeking that we gain a revelation of who God is and of what He's doing in this moment. It's the moment that we get the behind-the-scenes look of what it is that the enemy's trying to accomplish versus what it is that the kingdom of God is accomplishing on the earth. I'm thankful today that while the world will report to you that everything is falling apart and the end is near, we as the church have known for a long time that the end is is near but what that means is a glorious redemption and the fulfillment of God's plans of his purposes and his promises because we know that in these last days God is pouring his spirit out on the earth like never before and that in, the, in these last days there is a harvest of souls that is coming forth to the kingdom of God so while on one hand the enemy says this is it and this is the end we as the church say this is the day that the Lord has made and I'll be glad and choice in it. This is the hour and the moment that he's called his light to shine forth in the midst of this darkness. This is the day and the hour that he's called us as his sons and his daughters to stand and to rise up with boldness and to expose the lies of the enemy and say, you cannot have my marriage. You cannot have my family. You cannot have my children. You cannot have the place that God has given me. You cannot have what you have determined and set out to steal, kill, and destroy Because I am a child of God. in this season, in this day, in this hour, it is through prayer and praying in the Spirit and praying in the gifts and the revelations of what God has given us that our faith is built up, that our hope is fixed and firm in the revelation and the truth of who God is. It's in that moment that we go from groaning to glory because we realize that these present trials are bringing about the fulfillment of God's plan in our lives. It's why the disciples who were martyred for the church rejoiced all the way to their death. Huh. It's, not about what I, it's not about what I can get from God in this moment, in this season, in this hour to make my life better. It's what I can give to Him in positioning me ever closer to the revelation, the hope of what I have waiting in eternity in heaven with Him that in this hour, in this moment, in this season, that I give all I've got in praise and glory to God and that I tell all I can about how much He loves, about how much He cares, about how much hope and peace and joy and, 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 and real, true, sincere freedom there is in relationship with Him. In that moment that I share the revelation and the, and the truth and the insight of who God has truly called and created us to be, that He's positioned us In this hour, in this moment, for such a time as this, to experience his glory and his goodness. Thirdly, because I know in all things, tell your neighbor in all things. Preach with me this morning. Tell your neighbor in all things. In all things, in everything, in every situation, in every circumstance, God is working for our good. In all things, God is working for your good. In all things, God is working for my good. I love it in verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I'm thankful that in every season, every situation, every circumstance of my life, in all things, He's working for my good. In all things, He's working for my good. Connor, you don't understand the difficulty and the trial and the setback and the, and the things that i faced and the things that I've gone through and the things that I'm currently up against. I don't see how God could. Friends, I'm here to tell you, there's no Redeemer like our God. There's no one like Him who can change and turn totally redirects the course and the track of what the enemy has currently put your life on and the things that are happening and unfolding in your life, in a second, God can turn every bit of it around. And what the enemy had intended to use as your demise, God will turn and use for his glory. God will give you a testimony to share with the world of how truly loving, of how truly awesome how truly compassionate forgiving and redeeming our God is of how he takes everything and turns it around for not only his glory but also for our good (laughs) he loves us he loves us in all things God is working for our good in all things God is working for our good I'm convinced that's why the apostle Paul said to live is Christ but to die is gain we win both ways we win Both ways we win. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. Even in the disappointments, even in the groaning, even in the weariness, even in the heaviness and the hardness that life brings, I've got Jesus. And it's how I move from that groaning to that glorious revelation and that glorious hope because in every situation and in every circumstance, in all things, He is working. He is healing. He is redeeming. He is restoring. He is providing. He is bringing the fulfillment of His plan and of His purpose. In all things, He's working for my good. In all things, He is working for my good. In this present moment, in this present season, in this present situation and circumstance that I find myself in, God is working all things for good. The enemy would have you to believe that He's not and that He's forgotten. But friends, I'm here to tell you, we serve a God who never forgets. We serve a God for whom nothing is impossible. We serve a God who holds the enemy fully accountable and who knows the desires of his children's heart. And he is working and he is moving to bring about the fulfillment of his plan and of his promises. Austin and Haley come. Finally, how can I move from groaning to glory? Fourthly, realize that we are conquerors because of his love. We are conquerors. Tell your neighbor we're conquerors. <laughs> verse thirty one. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Friends, I'm here to tell you today that's not just uh, that's that's not just an exciting verse that this preacher can shout about this morning. It's not just an exciting verse that you and I can get excited about today. It is the revelation and the truth of who God is, of what He has established, of what He has promised, of what He has decreed, of what He has declared for us in our lives as believers. Knowing all these. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation can separate us. will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from His love. And it is His love that takes us from groaning to glory. Because it's in those moments where we feel the weight of the world, where we are faced with the impossibilities, with the trials, with the difficulties and the setbacks that we face. It's in those moments that the love of God invades. I'm convinced it's what moved Paul and Silas from being in that imprisoned cell to walking the freedom of what they had. It was the love of God that had redeemed their life. I am so thankful for the love of God. I'm so thankful for the love of God. I'm so thankful for his love that has redeemed us, that has saved us, that has called us out of that darkness, out of that hopelessness of despair into the glorious light and the revelation of his love of knowing that he is with us, that he is fighting for us, that as this word reveals that he's interceding on our behalf. He's calling your name today. He's calling your name today. God is is hearing your name today. The, the, the The thing that moves us from groaning to glory is the revelation of who He is because of His love for us. That in every season and situation and circumstance of our life, that He invades the place that we are and His love begins to overtake. And we begin to realize in that moment, no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone does, no matter what happens in this life, no matter what unfolds on this earth, nothing can keep me from His love. The governments of this world can fall. The the enemy and and, and the world can say that that, that the future of the church is done. (laughs) The doctor can tell you The doctor can tell you that there are no answers and that there are no solutions. Your situation and your circumstance in life can tell you that there is no way out and that there is no way forward. But friends, I'm here to tell you today that we serve a God who has the final word. Who has the last word? Who has the final say? And in every situation, in every circumstance, in every moment of our lives, it is His love that steps in, that invades, and that begins to overtake every curse, every lie, every tactic of the enemy. And it's in those moments that we begin to experience the love of God at a depth and on a level like never before. His love, church. His love. He is with you. He is for you. And if He is for you, who can be against you? I know that there are are different situations and different circumstances that are represented all across this room. But I just want you to know today in this season where in this life where there is groaning, where there is that heaviness, where there is that weight of the world, that there is a hope And the revelation of God's glory in our life. That even in the chaos, in the the attacks, in the fights, in the battles that we face. Spiritual, physical, otherwise. That His love surrounds us. That His glory surrounds us. And that in Him, we win. Tell your neighbor, we win. Tell your neighbor, we win. I just somebody somebody here this morning you you just need to be reminded that that we win <laughs> that God has the last say that God has the final word and that that God is that God is calling you from a place of groaning to to experiencing his glory and a level in your life like never before where the enemy has wanted to to take you to a place from a where the enemy's wanted to keep you in a place of weariness of heaviness Where the enemy is wanting to keep you in a place of discouragement, of doubt, of disappointment, God is wanting by the power of His love and of His Holy Spirit in our lives to move you from groaning to glory.